As our buddy Tim McGraw used to sing, it is time to get down on the farm with my very first farm-themed episode of Blabbing in the Bluegrass. Now, we have done a horse-themed episode with Amy Gregory from Keeneland, and she was great, by the way. But that didn't so much center around farmers and uh, the things that they grow, so forth. This show is based on a group centered around farmers. You might have heard of them. The Kentucky Pork Producers Association. It is a very active and mighty group. They are always, always looking for growth. Nikki Ellis is their executive director, and she's going to fill us in on the organization's history, its mission, upcoming events that they've got scheduled or perhaps in the work. And Nikki has a very fascinating background of her own. So we'll dive into all this and anything else that we can squeeze into this hour-ish of Blabbing in the Bluegrass. It's Season 7, Episode 5, and it's coming at you right now. Kentucky features so much more than basketball and horses. We're home to scenic spectacles and one-of-a-kind golf courses. If boating, fishing, dining, or music is your pleasure, we'll guide you to the sights and sounds that you will truly treasure. Cause we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. There's nothing here to hide, cause we're saying it with pride. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With knowledge of the state, you're sure to appreciate. Yes, we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. Where musicians furnish talent and great whiskey cools your palate. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With a fit for every taste, precious time is not to waste. From Carrollton to Clinton, Catlettsburg to Calvert City, nobody seeks to discover and promote all that this great state has to offer, like we do here on Blabbing in the Bluegrass Exploration and Celebration of all things Kentucky, with me, Sam Moore, here at the very wintry yet very welcoming North Quail Motel in beautiful Henderson, KY. And in case you didn't know, there is absolutely no better way to warm up on these blustery cold winter days than with a plate full of pork. That is part of the reason, among plenty other things, that I invited Miss Nikki Ellis to come talk with us today. She, like we told you, is the executive director of the Kentucky Pork Producers Association, and she has graciously agreed to share part of her precious time with us. Nikki knows an awful lot about a lot of things, as we will hear. And whether you go with a pork chop or a pork chop sandwich, maybe pork loin that's shredded with a little sauce on it, or maybe you're throwing that pork into some delicious recipes that's going to make them even more delicious. Pork's going to be like the icing on the cake, if you will, whenever it's included. And Nikki will share with us about some of her most favorite pork recipes. And whether you consume pork on a regular basis or not, Folks, you better have a soft spot in your heart for it because a number of our fellow Kentuckians are working feverishly every day to provide this meat for us in greater quantities than you might think. And we'll get more information about that as we go along also with Miss Ellis. And the Kentucky Pork Producers Association recently wrapped up their annual conference just a couple weeks ago when they had a number of great guest speakers and 
informative sessions, which I know you'll be interested to hear about. And uh, Nikki will give us a synopsis of those so that maybe by next year, you can uh, make arrangements to attend. Better yet, maybe by then you will be a member as uh, KPPA membership is very affordable and it comes with a variety of great perks. It's uh, definitely well worth it. You get a lot of bang for your bucks. So Nikki will explain how to become a member as well as the benefits of membership. You'll definitely want to give them a shot and get to know them. It's a great way to make friends and learn lots and have a bunch of fun in the process. So even more, who knows what all we'll dive into with Nikki over the next little bit. She is waiting in the wings, and I don't want to keep her waiting much longer. Don't touch that dial. Does anybody say don't touch that dial anymore? I don't think so. That's pretty archaic at this point. But uh, before we get to Miss Ellis, we have a bluegrass brain buster hot off the press and uh, ready for you. Every week we try to do this, so we'll give you the question now. While uh, Nikki and I are blabbing, you can think on it, and we will have the answer for you at the end of the show. Now, as Nikki shares, she was involved in FFA heavily as a high schooler, so I have an FFA-centered question for you. I want to know who was the first governor of Kentucky to receive the Honorary State FFA degree? Again, who was the first governor of Kentucky to receive the Honorary State FFA degree. You get the juices flowing, we will let you know who he was in the program's final segments. Good luck. Sam Moore proudly presents his Commonwealth Crowd Pleaser. We should all have a special spot in our hearts for pork, if we don't already, because many of us enjoy it on our plates on a regular basis, and not only is pork one of the state's most favorite meats, but uh, the pork industry also helps to fuel the economy across the Commonwealth, and the Kentucky Pork Producers Association is a very active and uh, thriving group with a strong presence all across the state and plenty of opportunities for uh, all of us to get involved in some form or fashion. So here to talk about the organization, its history, its mission, the uh, events that they put on every year, as well as her personal background in agriculture and farming. Let's hear it for the uh, fairly newly appointed executive director of the Kentucky Pork Producers Association, Miss Nikki Ellis. Hey, Sam. Thanks for having me. Thank you a bunch for coming on with me and uh, being, being brave enough to do so. Now, you just uh, you just earned the title of executive director in um well, it was October of uh, 2021, right? Yep. Yeah. So I, I just finished up my, my first year and fastly rolling into into my second. Okay. So you're you're still a, somewhat of a new kid on the block, the way some people would look at it. But... Yeah. Some, somewhat. Somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> kind of depends on, you know, your your perspective. But uh, of course, right. the Kentucky Pork Producers Association is. Um, Based in E-Town, good old Hardin County, but you actually reside in Danville, do you not? Yes, sir, I do. So just just a short hour and 10-minute commute, and, and and I love every minute of it. There you go. So two hours and 20 minutes round trip. But, yeah. Uh, but you get lots of pretty countryside to see, you know. Oh, between, my gosh. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. <laughs> between uh, your home and, and E-Town, and it's definitely... Uh, a lovely drive, quite therapeutic some days too, I bet. 
Oh, it definitely is. You just can't beat Central Kentucky during most seasons. No, absolutely. Now, uh, are you from Danville originally, Nikki? Oh, I am actually from just the uh, just over in uh, neighboring Lincoln County. So Lincoln County, okay. Yes, sir. Yeah, I grew up there in Lincoln County. Um, they're in the Houstonville community, and uh, my, my parents have been there for you know as long as I've been alive, and. Then I, I didn't go very far. I just went next door to Boyle County. So yeah, you, you know, you you skipped a county over, but nobody in Lincoln County is going to hold that against you. I'm sure you uh, no. grew up in the uh, the Greater Stamford area. Now there's a restaurant, Nikki, in Stamford. We'll give it a free plug, I guess. It's always been on my bucket list. I've never been there, but um, the Bluebird. Have you ever been to the Bluebird? Oh yes, yes. You definitely need to check that off your list. It, amazing food. I'm telling it, yeah, it's been featured on KET, and I, I figure if I've heard about it as much as I have, it's got to be way better than average. But, oh my uh, <laughs> gosh, it, it definitely is. Go for go for breakfast would be my suggestion. Okay, see, I'm a big breakfast person too, so brilliant minds think alike there. There we go. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I'll go there and uh, get me an omelet because I'm sure they've got a, a nice omelet selection. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, I sure appreciate you. Coming on with me today, Nikki, let's start off by uh, having you discuss, if you would, what first drew you to the um, the farming world and talk also about your, your earliest experiences on oh, the farm. Good deal. Um, so I didn't grow up farming. Um, that A lot of people find that pretty surprising. Um, definitely grew up in, in a rural community. Um, Lincoln County is definitely has very deep agricultural roots there. Okay, um, so lot. inner city, but rural city. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Rural, rural city. There you go. Um, and and then whenever, uh, you know, I played sports and things, you know, elementary school and middle school and then high school, I found FFA um took my first uh class there my freshman year and you know I was kind of interested in things um and and I had great teachers Denise Thomas and Joe Means and uh it was the summer of my freshman year Joe Means called me up and he said Miss Patterson we've we've got uh an opening on one of our teams that's competing at uh Eastern Kentucky University in a few weeks would you want to do that and thought about it and I said well sure and then after that I've I've kind of been hooked ever since um and and once I graduated um you know I was very active in FFA did, did many different competitions was an officer all that good stuff um and thought I wanted to be an ag teacher for a little while and uh that's actually what my degree's in um, is in agricultural education and oh, okay. but, but, but I took education a little bit differently and you know here here I am in in my role at pork producers see and a lot of the a lot of the skills that are important in uh, the teaching world are, are applicable to to what you're doing now as well so oh certainly <laughs> certainly there, there's a lot of crossover it doesn't matter if you're talking with a legislature or um uh, or to a consumer, you're always educating someone in some way, and and I I definitely think that that my my degree from from UK there at the College of Ag it really prepared me well for where I'm at today. See, college degrees never go to waste. <laughs> no, 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 no. You you may not use them for what they are intended for, but they never go to waste. 
yeah and then they come back around and you know down the road you realize hey that really came in handy so you know, really though they they do you know you'll pick up on some things and some people will say well where'd you learn to to do that you know uh somebody asked me the other day how i uh could write a marketing plan so well i said well it's because i know how to write a lesson plan uh so it's it all fits together in the grand scheme of things See, a, a lesson plan and a marketing plan aren't drastically different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they are, but they're not. So some, exactly. some teachers might out there beg to differ with me. But anyway, yeah, yeah. one <laughs> one uh, ties into the other in, uh, in more ways than you might think. Now, uh, do you live on a farm now, Nikki? I do. I do. Um, I actually married um, a third generation hog farmer. Um, oh. So so I went from zero to a hundred really fast. Um and we've we've been there on the farm for a little over 10 years now and we we love every day of it. Um and we we're pretty diversified. We we've got uh hogs with a few different enterprises. Um with the way that we uh, market our pigs, we do uh, we have a show pig sale every year. That's a little bit different. Um, and then we've got a couple different programs uh, where we provide uh, just different types of of pork and things. Whether we're selling that to you know a, a whole hog to a neighbor, or um, we actually have a pasture program there uh, as well at home, which is kind of exciting. But we also do some row crops as well. So we're we're always busy. We've always got something going on. N never a dull moment on the Ellis Farm. I can see that for no. sure. And you were telling me before we went on here that um, you've got two sons, and one's thirteen and one's five. And I'm sure that um, you know they've they've come around to farming quite nicely in their young days. Oh goodness, yes. Um, we they're out there every day after school. Um, sometimes before school. Um, and they're, they, they love it. You know, farming is, is definitely a, a family business and a generational business. You know, there, there's not many places that you can go and see three and four generations working alongside each other for a common goal. And, and that's something we, we definitely enjoy. And, and the boys there, they show pigs. So we're, we're always, always at the farm one way or another. Well, and, and it's always an added bonus when you get to eat a homegrown meal fresh from your farm, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It, it's it, it's a different feeling. You know, you have a little bit different pride when it's one of yours. Yeah, you, you appreciate that meat a little yeah. more. But yeah. uh, anyway, I didn't grow up on a farm either, Nikki, but my dad did and uh, lots of my family members did. And I've heard from everybody, you know, something along the lines of uh, farming is not just a hobby. It's a it's a way of life. It, it really is. Um, you know, it's, it's not an easy job. Um, you know, we, uh, we've got, we've, oh gosh, we've got eight barns there at our place and eight barns. The, goodness. Yeah. And, and, you know, they're the day before Christmas Eve this last year, you know, when we had that very unusual cold snap. Oh, and all that wind. Good grief. Yes. Yeah. We actually lost power for several hours. So, you know, we were, we were up and, out at 3.30 in the morning, making sure our generators were on and our pigs were warm and everybody's feed system was up and working. Um, and, and you know, you, you can't just get up and, and go out in the negative 35 degree wind chill and and not really love what you do. No, that, that is truly the labor of love right there. It really is. <laughs> it really is. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned you were in FFA back in your... Uh, in your youth, were you uh, were you involved in 4-H, Nikki? 
I was not. It's really surprising. Um, I've I've learned a lot being a 4-H mom now um, and, and being involved, you know, at, at different levels with, with my profession. But man, aren't we lucky to have such great youth programs here in our state? Oh, we are. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so both of your kids are involved in 4-H. They, so, they are. So yep. you can kind of live vicariously through them. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, <laughs> and I'm sure you chaperone uh, a fair number of their events and activities every year too. Don't oh, you? oh, certainly, oh, certainly. <laughs> I've I have learned how to cure country hams. I've learned how to livestock judge. I've learned several different things. Oh gosh, F- funny story. One of my dad's uh, coworkers many moons ago, he was talking about. Um, uh, we've always been country ham fans, and Dad was telling uh, his coworker about it, and uh, the guy was like, "Oh well, uh, yeah, I like country ham, but not that salty stuff." <laughs> We're like, "Buddy, that is country ham. That's what that is." <laughs> oh goodness! Oh goodness! So obviously, I don't think he was ever. Uh, I don't think he was ever brave enough to to touch the stuff after uh, Dad clarified that for him. But it's it's <laughs> definitely right in our family and. And now that you know how to cure them, um, I'm going to be over your way later tonight, and I'm going to grab me a ham. No, Will you come on by? (laughs) (laughs) I know you've got plenty. But uh, anyway, do you have horses there on the uh, on the Ellis Farm? Also, we don't. We are a one one animal livestock type farm. All we have is hogs, and you know maybe one day we'll diversify. Maybe that's what my boys will bring to the operation. Well, but you've got eight barns, so you've got more than enough oh, to... We, we do. We, we've got enough to keep us busy, for sure. Yes, keep you busy and, and keep you fed. So maybe someday, when you've got a little more time on your hands, somehow you can uh, add horses into the mix. But uh, anyway, you said you um, went to UK and you uh, majored in ag education. Uh, did you work on the farm out there i know that there's a farm at uk and you know lots of other ways that you can get experience uh, while you're in school there so did you uh, partake in any of that so i didn't i wasn't actually employed at the farm um had had a lot of classes out there and things um but but my biggest um experience that i took away from my time at the uk college of ag um was i was on the uh collegiate meets judging team um, so we we traveled around to different universities um, and different meat companies and and competed in in judging the the quality and things of of beef, pork, and lamb and um, and and I, you know that might have been something else that led me to where I am today. But I I had a a great time with that. Networked really well, and it's amazing now how many of those folks that I competed with across the country that I now have the opportunity to work with. Now, why hasn't anybody ever asked me to do that, Nikki? Go around and taste a bunch of meat. That would be right up my alley. Well, I'm telling you, you're you're missing out because uh, we uh, my, my team's claim to fame uh, was we won the processed meats judging at Iowa State University. Um, and, oh. and what that is, is you just taste different types of sausages or whatever it might be. And and we did win that one. We, we brought the blue ribbon home on it. Hey, that's that's something to brag about right there. How many teams were there? You remember? 
Oh my gosh. Um, everywhere we went, there was at least 20 or so teams. See, so you um, had a lot of competition to say the least. We, we did for something as, as odd as meets judging is to, to the people who don't live in that world every day. It's, it is fairly popular and it's a great skill. Um, and, and it's something that, that, you know, I think prepares people for, uh, to, to definitely go work in the foods industry, which is definitely booming these days, no matter where you end up in, in the gamut of those jobs, I, I think it could definitely prepare you for a, a bright future there. Oh, sure. But I know what what uh, many may not realize is that not only are you judging the the taste of the meat, you're also judging the the looks and the appearance uh -huh. and so forth, right? It, exactly, yeah, because there, there's definitely uh, different specifications to cuts of meat because, you know, when, when you're shopping at the grocery store, you're shopping with your eyes first, right? You know, it, yeah. it's all got to look right and be packaged properly. Um, You, you don't want any meat that's got a, a score in the face of it or anything. You want a beautiful, beautiful pork chop to take home and, and feed your family. Yes, indeed. Now, sometimes, as we know, looks can be deceiving, and and sometimes uh, taste can be deceiving too. So, you yeah. know, it's all got to go hand in hand. Exactly. But, uh, anyway, so definitely some important uh, characteristics to to judge there. Now, have you done any judging in recent years, Nikki? Oh goodness, no, no. I've I'm I'm retired. Um, but I'll, I'll leave that to, to some of my fellow colleagues, uh, who, who are judging teams and working in academia out in different universities. You so passed I, that baton on to, um, other people. I have, they, they can have the, the fun with that. And, you know, I'll, I'll just watch them work and, 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 you know, definitely enjoy, uh, watching them and cheering them on from the sidelines. There you go. And, and, and eating what's left after exactly. people you know compete. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> that's yeah. icing on the cake too. <laughs> now, uh, Nikki, talk a little bit about uh, your career background and pursuits prior to being appointed executive director with the Kentucky Pork Producers Association. Gotcha. Uh, so, so prior to, to my life here in the pork industry, um, I was, my first job out of college, um, I was the long-term substitute um, for Miss Savannah Robin there in Harrison County, um, and, and I taught, uh, taught there for about half a year, um, taught okay. farm shop and animal science, and I, and I loved every minute of it. So those were high school kiddos. Yeah, high school kiddos, loved every minute of it, um, and then that summer came and, you know, Miss Robin came back and I had to go find a, a real job and right. started, <laughs> started applying and um, actually found a job uh, description with the Kentucky Cattlemen's Association as the director of consumer affairs. And I started reading through that, you know, everything started sounding like, well, you know, I could, I could maybe do that. I could probably do that. And, uh, same, you know, I, I did, I applied for it and went interviewed and things. And it was about halfway through the summer and, uh, I hadn't heard much. And then one day I got a phone call from, uh, the Kentucky Cattlemen's Association executive vice president, Dave Maples. And he said, you know, we, we appreciate you coming in and interviewing. And he said, I don't want to offer you that job. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's a really blunt way to turn someone down. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> well, but then he followed up with, well, I really liked what you had to say about non-traditional education. He said, let's talk more about it. I said, okay. 
So uh, we we decided we were going to have breakfast because Sam, you know, I, I'm a breakfast person. Oh, yes. Yes. We have established yeah. that, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. So we uh, we met for breakfast one morning and we started talking about non-traditional education and, you know, things that ag teachers or family consumer science teachers might need. And you know, we, we were just really in-depth in conversation and looked up, and then, then it was lunchtime. And so <laughs> then we had lunch. Um, oh, so you had two meals together. We, we did. We did. Um, and then by the end of it, um, I was offered a position as director of education there at the Cattlemen's Association. And um, that's where I've spent the last seven years um, prior to my time at Pork was there at the Cattlemen's Association working um, with their education programs, you know, everything from from youth to consumer and assisted with the producer programs as well. And okay, so you went for, to a bunch of schools and traveled in that in that capacity too, no doubt. I, I did. I, I traveled to a lot of different schools. It's very involved with um, our sponsorships with 4-H and FFA. Um I also uh, got to open the yards classroom there at the Bluegrass Stockyards in Lexington. That was that was probably my, my favorite project that I got to do was, was open that classroom um, and, and lead the efforts there. Um, also had the opportunity to teach some uh, animal science courses there through the University of Kentucky. Um, specialized okay, there on campus. Yeah, well, actually, um, I brought the kids out to the stockyards to my classroom. Oh, um, cool. So we, we we got them off campus and and really tried to immerse them in the industry and and it it was I got to do some really amazing cutting edge things there. Yeah, that was a nice change of pace for him, I'm sure. But um, anyway, seven years with the Cattlemen's yeah. Association before you switched to pork, so oh. you've got you've got a strong uh, beef and pork background. I've, yeah, I've, I've been around Kentucky Ag for a little while. <laughs> yes, you slept a night or two in Kentucky Ag for sure. But uh, oh, yeah. anyway, um, you were named executive director of the uh, Kentucky Pork Producers Association, like we said, in uh, October of 2021. What have been the highlights of your first little over a year in uh, serving in that role? Oh my gosh, my highlights. Oh man, there have been so many. Um, you know, working with working with pork producers, you know, it, with with pork farmers specifically, you know, be, being that that's what my family does is is just amazingly special. It it really is. Um, you know, we we've had a lot of great accomplishments over the last year. Um, some really big and some some are, are just little, but but mean a whole lot to us. They all count I, though. That they all count. Um, I will say um, something coming off our annual meeting last week. That's something that we are extremely, extremely proud of. Um, we had record pre-registrations, um, and we ended up having our our top um, our top registration in in many, many, many years. Um, we had well over 120 attendees. How about um, that? Yeah, we're we're very proud of that. You know, pork, the pork industry isn't huge in Kentucky, but we are we are mighty. Um, and we had great education sessions. We had great fellowship. Um, we raised almost seven thousand dollars for our scholarship program. Um, we've we've got a new board of directors coming on that we're so excited about. Um, 
we've uh, we had an amazing youth program. We partnered with the Ohio State University um, vet med students, um, and they came in and did a scientist program, a very hands-on, youth-driven uh, learning program, and we had a great turnout for that, and, and uh, a lot of great testimonials from parents and, and kids who attended there. Um, yeah. And, and something else that we're really proud of is our relationship with Kentucky Agriculture and Environment in the classroom. Um, oh, over yeah. The last, yeah, over the last few years, we've developed a lot of curriculum through our partnership with them um, that's science-based, um, but also things that are an elementary level, um, things that are, you know, readily used in those family consumer science classrooms to to help elevate pork knowledge for those folks who might be going into hospitality or culinary school after high school. And see, and teachers all over the state are reaping the benefits of that. Oh, definitely. Um, so that, that that's just an amazing program. And we're so proud of, of what we've been able to do there. Um, we, we've just got so many great things coming down the pike, Sam. Uh, we're, we're definitely one to watch. See, I'll tell you, you're you're off to a um, a fast start, and um, that's just scratching the surface of what's to come with uh, Nikki Ellis and the Poor Producers Association. Now we'll talk more about uh, your annual meeting here in a sec. But switching gears to uh, your gainful employer, the the KPPA, describe um, the history of this organization along with uh, the important mission that it serves. Right. Um, so if, if you look back in, into our articles of incorporation and things, you know, we, we started there in the 60s and, and we, we've been a strong pillar um, in Kentucky agriculture ever since. Um, you know, the, the pork producers is, is very recognizable at no matter what, what table or conversation that, that you might be having. Um, and, and it's got a very strong legacy, and, and it's one that I hope that I can fill the, the big shoes that came before me. Um, but, you know, the, the mission of the Kentucky Pork Producers Association is very simple. Um, we, we work on behalf of Kentucky's pork families um, and, and help them find success in all ways that we can. Um, you know, we're, we're here to promote pork. We're here to promote good research in pork. Um, we're here to help with education of, of how pork is raised, how to cook it, its nutritional value, um, and, and in hopes and all of those endeavors that we have, um, that it comes back to to help those farm families and, and eventually hopefully hold their bottom line so that they can, can, can keep farming and doing what they're doing. Um, you know, we, we also work a lot with educating our legislatures and our decision makers in Frankfurt as well as D.C. Um, and, and you know, we're, we're always just trying to help our, our farm families, you know, whether that's fellowship at, at one of our uh, annual meetings or, or whether that's offering an education session to them on estate planning or anaerobic digestion. Um, we're, we just want to help take our, our industry to the next level and keep it sustainable for the next generation. Yeah, so the bottom line is you're there to be a resource for both pork producers and consumers. Yes, sir. <laughs> that That is what we want to do. And promote the, you know, promote the importance of it and the, the many ways that we could all benefit from uh, the uh, the ever so wonderful pork. Now, how many um, how many members are currently engaged in the KPPA? Just curious. 
Um, so when it comes to membership, we're just under 200 folks um, who awesome. are actively involved. Um, but uh, when it comes to who we're working for, um, according to our last um, survey, we have about um, 1,800 farms across the state that, that claim that they're raising hogs. Okay, so you've got 1,800 hog farms. Yes, yes, and that, that's grown tremendously because, uh, and that's our 2021 data, because as of 2017, we were just under 1,200. So we've, we've seen a huge growth in folks raising hogs. Yeah, it's gone up 600 or so. Yeah, yeah, but, it, uh, it definitely has. Yeah, I mean, you're one of those hog farms. <laughs> we are, we are, proud to say that. Absolutely, I know that's something to be proud of, and uh, and nearly 200 active members, that's uh that's something to be proud of as well. Now, as you touched on, your uh, your annual meeting for 2023 was um, just held. That was in Bowling Green, correct? Yep, yep. We were there in Bowling Green at the Sloan Convention Center. Um, we, we've been there for several years, um, and we we like to say that we, we are the caboose at the end of Commodity Week. Um, you know, the soybean and the corn growers and the small grain growers, they kick off the week and then we come in at the end and, and wrap it all up. So the farm community invades the Corvette City that whole week, the, basically. We, we, we do. We do. The, uh, <laughs> the convention staff there at the Sloan Center, they like to say that, that you know, they want to be the destination for farmers. And that week of January, they definitely are. Absolutely. I I believe it. Now, uh, you said that there were a bunch of uh, great educational sessions. Did you make a presentation there, Nikki? Well, well, I did. I gave a, uh, an executive update um, just on things to come down the pike for the next year, and and you know just just some highlights that we're very proud of, um, and and you know some something that we're most excited about. Um, is coming this spring, we're actually going to be working on a long-range plan. So we're, we're going to start getting a little bit more organized and set some goals. Um, that way we know what exactly we're shooting for in our industry. Yeah, you need to get organized, Nikki. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm playing with you. Well, if you <laughs> could see my desk, you would tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both, don't worry. But the, you mentioned those uh, presenters from Ohio State, and it's always nice to get visitors from uh, across the border as well. Who were um, who were some of the speakers that you heard at the convention? Right, right. Um, so we kicked off that morning. Um, with uh, Dr. Steve Meyer, who is the leading swine economist or pork economist. Um, if you keep up with the markets at all with the pork industry, you're going to know uh, Steve's name. Um, and, and he kicked it off with just talking about where we've been over the last year and, um, you know, inflation and exports and all these things. Um, then he was followed up uh, by Dr. Uh, Lindemann from the University of Kentucky talking about uh, mycotoxins and in your corn and how important it is to store your corn properly because what the effects it could have on your uh, pig's gut health. Um, we had Dr. Daniel Hendrickson from Four Star Veterinarian Services, um, and he came in and talked about uh, ju just some basic things to, to have there around your farm. Um, more specifically, you know, how to collect good samples to send to your to your lab or to your vet. That way your vet's not coming on on your farm and, and you know, maybe having a biosecurity risk. Um, 
And then we uh, actually ended the day with probably our most anticipated uh, subject was the topic of anaerobic digesters. So how you can turn methane um, into electricity that you can actually use or, or sell back to a company. Methane um, converted to electricity. Yes, yes, and w which is way above my pay grade. That's why Mine I had too. to bring somebody in. <laughs> and, and we actually brought in um, Andrew McCarthy, who is a Owensboro native. Um, so he I've heard that name before. Yes, yes, he works with Kavanaugh Solutions, and amazingly uh, talented, very, very intelligent young man, um, and it really brought some, some great talking points. Um, but we did end the day with our national partners, um, one from the National Pork Board, um, Stephen Herring, talking about all things that the pork checkoff has going on. And then um, Mr. Craig Bowling from the National Pork Producers Council uh, gave us a, a heads up of, of what's coming down the pike in terms of, of legislation and and uh, planning for the next year. See, so lots of lots of great insight there from a variety of speakers. Everybody uh, in the farming community left, um, you know, slightly smarter than than when they came in. Not that they weren't smart to begin with, but you know. <laughs> but but you, you left with a new nugget of information. Exactly. We're never done learning. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, always nice to get some uh, additional sources of expertise to help us with uh, with what we're doing in life, whatever that is. Now, um, I was quite surprised to learn, Nikki, from your website that the Kentucky pork industry supports over 8,000 careers across the Commonwealth, proving that many of us can actually earn respectable wages and roles linked to one of our state's favorite meats. So uh, why don't you discuss the uh, plentiful career opportunities centered around pork here in the uh, bluegrass state. Right. Uh, you know, our, our pork industry has has something for everyone, really. Um, you know, what if you know, let, let's start at the farm level. Um, you know, on most hog farms um are have thousands of heads of, of of hogs there and so that takes multiple people to to take care of those um so you've got everybody from a herd manager to a, a feed mixer to uh you know a hog transporter somebody's going to haul them from site to site um and then you you know then you move in into our processing capabilities you know here here in Kentucky we have the largest uh pork processing plant with our friends there at JBS in Louisville um that um I mean, it, it's the largest in the southeast and we're pretty proud of that um and in JBS uh you know they they have hundreds of employees there on site and whenever you go visit go and visit you know all those employees are just so happy to be there because JBS treats their employees extremely well um they have great benefits and and in uh, great ways to move up in the company um and so very little turnover there i'm sure very, I, I would say very little, very little. Yeah, exactly. um, and, and, you know, they're, they're just a great company to, to have here, but, but then, you know, we, we've talked about country ham and, and sausage and things, you know, we've got Purnell sausage there. Um, Hi folks, Al Purnell here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, that, that servicing, uh, you know, the, the great Shelby County community. Um, and then you have all of our great, um, 
smaller processing plants across the state, you know, everywhere from, from Hamptons to Marksbury, um, you, the, the opportunities are just vast. Um, you know, if, if you're really into the genetic side of things, uh, PIC, which is a, a huge genetics company, um, you know, they, they have a huge presence here in the state of Kentucky that services a lot of the Southeast as well. Um, you know, we, we have a lot of lab work. That, that goes into these things too, you know, wh whether that's um, testing food samples or, or whether that's analyzing, um, you know, uh, what's going on with, with, with a hog and, and you know, you, you have a saliva sample or something. There, there is literally something for everyone in the swine industry. Um, you know, we're here at Kentucky Pork Producers, you know, we're, we even work with um, a few different social media influencers. There, there's just something for everyone. See, so even if you're not into the hands-on stuff, maybe you just have a strong interest in pork. You like promoting it and talking about it. There are opportunities on the marketing and communication side, too. Oh, definitely. Something for everyone. Yeah, you weren't lying when you said on the website, there's room for everybody on Team Pork. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> definitely worth uh, looking into, guys and gals. Now, uh, anyone who knows me knows that... I absolutely love talking food, and I tell you, having such a strong pork background and beef background, for that matter, you undoubtedly have consumed pork in oh. concoctions that uh, many of us haven't had the pleasure of tasting. So why don't you tell us about a few of your most favorite pork recipes to savor maybe during these winter months or any time of year, for that matter? Oh, goodness. Oh, there are so many. Oh, gosh. Well, your you job know, is to make us hungry for the next few <laughs> seconds. Well, oh, well, no I can pressure. do it. Um, well, <laughs> you, you know, uh, a lot of people don't know the the beauty of ground pork. You know, when, whenever you go to the grocery store and you're you're thinking about burgers or chili or tacos or whatever it might be, you're going to gravitate um, to to ground beef, which, which is a good option. But, you know, there, there during COVID, um, people realized that ground pork is is a great additive to a lot of your recipes. Um, and, and that's something that, that's actually been really neat to follow. Uh, the sale of ground pork grew by 400% in 2020, and it's it's held its weight. 400%. Um, so, yes, yes. And, and ground pork is a huge staple in our household. Um, and we, we do a little bit of everything with it. Um, but, but I will say I'm a big sucker for a good, uh, slow cooked pork shoulder that you can shred and do several different things with. Uh, my, my family is a big, uh, big lover of, of Mexican cuisine. Um, so we do a lot of pork carnitas. Um, wow. we do a lot of street tacos, um, we oh gosh there's so many things um something recently that we i've started doing with, with ground pork is uh we'll do stuffed mushrooms um and top them with cheese and that is a huge hit especially in these cold months oh gosh, um, what so time do i need to be there <laughs> <laughs> right so you know there we we've got plenty of recipes um there on our website or even at pork.org um and you know uh football season's in full swing and, and people are trying to entertain. I know we're out of the holidays, but, you know, we're still getting together to, to watch football and basketball, whatever your sport might be. Um, so definitely think about 
having a, a great pork option uh, to, to have there. One thing we like to do, too, is we like to shred a little pork and put barbecue sauce on it. I'm guessing you're oh, a fan of that, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. Especially down in, in the neck of the woods where you're from, Sam. Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, it, and that's something that's really great, too. Uh, it, no matter where you're at in Kentucky, you, you can find a good pulled pork sandwich just about anywhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Western Kentucky and barbecue seem to go hand in hand for sure. Owensboro right next door is the, is the barbecue uh -huh. capital of the world. So oh, you know, yeah. it's definitely, there's, there's uh, plenty of it around here. Now I've never had, personally, I've never had pork and chili. Have you ever had pork and chili? Oh yeah, definitely have. Um, and we've, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll do a ground pork and chili. Um, but we actually do like a cubed stew. So, you know, you can take your pork loin or, or your pork butt and cube it up. Um, and cook it really slow and brown it up really nice um, and, and toss it in and make a good hearty stew. It's mm. really, really good. And that'll keep you warm during the next month and a half or so. It, it'll keep still you warm and so. keep you full. <laughs> it's sure. warm yeah. and full. Yeah. That's a, yeah. that's a, a, a win-win for everybody. Yeah, we've always done beef and chicken and chili, but after this, I might have to, you know, I might have to uh, spread the word that our family needs to, put a little pork in action but well uh, I'll, I'll i will definitely encourage that you know and, and i know probably some of your listeners are, are still holding true to their to their new year's resolution of of you know eating a little bit better um and, and you know pork loin and pork tenderloin are, are considered heart healthy they've got the heart check um that, that comes from the american heart association because they're they're super lean but still a great eating experience um, and, and, you know, a three ounce serving of pork actually gives you 24 grams of protein. Mm, see, so you can eat that tenderloin with no guilt. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, no matter how hard we try to follow our resolutions and as, as badly as we want to follow them, we, we all got to splurge every once in a while. So, oh, definitely. You know, definitely. you can splurge with your, with your favorite pork uh, dishes as well with pork included. And we, we won't tell on you folks. So don't, <laughs> don't worry about that in the least. Now um, you mentioned, you know, you got about uh, 200 active members and 1800 hog farms in the state, which is pretty in impressive, but um, there are certainly Lots of potential members across the state who would greatly benefit from joining. So explain, if you would, the process of becoming a member as well as the most attractive perks of membership, Nikki. Gotcha. So we, we've actually just restructured our, our membership um, because we, we realize that not everybody is going to be um, somebody who's actively raising hogs, but they, they want to be involved in some way. You know, they're, they're passionate about pork or they're passionate about farmers being successful. Um, so we, we've actually got a membership for just about anyone. Um, and we've, we've made it really easy to become a member now. You can just visit our website um, and, and go through our membership portal there. And you can even pay online these days. We're, we're coming a long way, Sam, that, that now that we can capture payment online. Um, I'm telling you, 20, 30 years ago, they, they never fathomed that. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, when, when it comes to benefits, um, our, our farmers uh, benefit probably in the largest way. Um, they're able to, to help direct us on where our stances need to be on, on certain issues or, or matters, um, you know, when we need to speak up or when, when we don't need to speak up. Um, we offer um, 
our annual meeting and our summer membership meeting, um, we offer a ton of educational opportunities through through there. Um, and then through our national partners, um, we actually offer a lot of um, distance learning. So a lot of webinars and things that you can log on to. Um, we have a monthly newsletter that keeps you up to date on everything that's happening, um, not only here in our association, but across the industry um, in, in our state and across the nation. Um, you know, when, when it comes to fellowship opportunities, like I've mentioned, our annual meeting and our summer meeting, it's just a great time to get together and fellowship, uh, cook a couple of pork burgers or some chops and hang out with your friends. Um, but, but something else that we are working on adding right now is um, some health insurance opportunities for our paid membership. Mm. So if you pay our membership and, and you know, you say you employ 12 or 15 folks on your farm, um, you know, having a, a small group uh, rate can be kind of costly on you as an employer. Um, but what we're able to do here through the Kentucky Trust uh, program, um, we're, we're actually able to build a much larger group and, and uh, alleviate some of that cost. So again, that, that goes back to our mission of, of trying to help help our farm families and, and their bottom line and be sustainable. Um, so we're, we're working through that currently. And, uh, you know, we're always open to suggestions as well on what our, our next membership benefit should be. Sure. Uh-huh. So as it is now, you know, plenty of reasons to join for not only, uh, you know, providing feedback to the organization, but like she said, fellowship and connecting with with fellow farmers. And I mean, the, the, the possibilities are just practically endless. Now, how much is membership? Uh, so our membership is uh, $50, $50 for an individual. Um, and, and, you know, with that, like I said, you you have the opportunity for, for everything that I just listed, plus whatever else we dream up in, in the future. Okay, so that's a lifetime membership, $50. No, 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 $50 is is for a year. Oh, 50 have, annually, okay. Yes, right. but we do have a lifetime membership. It's the first time we've ever offered it. So, you know, th those folks that, that don't really want to keep up with having to pay every single year, um, for $750, it covers everyone who lives in your household at your physical address um, throughout your entire life. So, okay. you know, for, for, for me and my folks, you know, hopefully that that'll cover four of us, you know, for, for the next few years. Yeah, that's still a pretty solid deal. Seven fifty, you know, for a lifetime membership for the whole yeah. household. So, yeah, absolutely. Or 50 annually. So you can take your pick and you're definitely going to get quite a, a bang for your buck either way. Well, um, it goes without saying that there's never uh, a dull moment for you and the folks at the Kentucky Pork Producers Association. You mentioned that you're, you know, you're fixing to kick it in high gear for the spring and put a plan in motion or at least, uh, you know, try to do so. So how about perhaps maybe elaborating a little more, giving us a sneak peek about the the special events and, and activities that maybe uh, are scheduled to this point or perhaps in the works, maybe in the process of 
being finalized. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, so so our, our biggest event in the next few weeks is definitely the National Farm Machinery Show there in Louisville. Derby City, and yes, indeed. We, we, we're going to be there from the 15th through the 18th. Um, we'll have a booth there in, in West Hall if you'd like to come visit with us. But more importantly, um, you know, we, we have a full-time business that, that cooks there on site for every event. Um, so we'll we'll have a number of locations that you can stop and buy a pork chop or a pork burger um, to to fuel your day while you're walking around looking at all the equipment. My mouth's um, watering. <laughs> well, I I will urge you to to definitely go and visit that. Um, there in March, we have a ton of things going on. Um, but the most importantly is we have our National Pork Forum coming up in Orlando. Um, so we'll, we'll take a delegation uh, from here in Kentucky to go to Orlando and vote on some of our national matters, um, which we're very, very excited about. Um, beyond that, the March 28th through the 30th, we actually will be in Washington, D.C., um, looking for some folks to go with us there to go visit with some of our, our congressmen and senators um, and, and talk with them about our needs. Um, and then we, we have several different invitations for us to, to come speak, um, whether that be a, a local farmers group or whether that's a school group. Um, we, we've just got all sorts of things coming down the pike. See, so from Louisville to Orlando to D.C., you're just going to be seemingly coast to coast and border to border <laughs> yeah they, you know pigs can't fly but pig farmers can yeah the farmers can yeah the, <laughs> the pigs are just gonna have to make do while the farmers are out of town but yeah. um, anyway are you are you going to be doing any of the cooking yourself over at the uh farm machinery I, shop i tell you what you never know so sam if you come you'll have to look me up and, and i'll get you hooked up with a pork chop there you go. I'm gonna I'm gonna trust your judgment about uh, you know where the best shop is. So I'm okay. just gonna ask for Nikki, and then I'll let you steer me in the right direction for sure. But, um, anyway, it's it's always a big time. My cousins always uh, enjoy going to the farm machinery show, and definitely not something that uh, that anybody's gonna want to miss. So um, anyhow, check them out online, folks. Their website is ky pork. Dot org, and you can also follow them on uh, all the socials, pretty or the vast majority of them Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Am I leaving any out there, Nikki? We do have a TikTok if, if TikTok. you're with if you're hip with it, we've got the TikTok. See, so you, you cater to multiple generations. <laughs> we do, we try to, <laughs> that's for sure. And you're based in uh, in Elizabethtown. Where's your office located? So we actually we are just right where the uh, where the Western Kentucky Parkway starts. You can't miss us. Okay, so right there, close to sixty five too. Yes. Yep. Right there. Right there, where they come together. So you you know if you miss it, you're you're not you know you're <laughs> you're not looking hard. You're not enough. looking hard enough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Took the words right out of my mouth. Now. Um, what um, what's the phone number there at the office that they can reach you, Nikki? Yeah, so so to reach us uh, here at the office, our number is 270-737-5665. And, and then if you need to reach any of our staff directly, um, they're on our website at kypork.org. Um, you have access to all of our emails if, if you have a very specific question. And if we can't help you, yeah, we'll, we'll find somebody who can. Yeah, if Nikki doesn't have the answer, she'll get it. <laughs> yes, we will find it. <laughs> That's for sure. Now, um, 
what are the hours that your office is open during the week? All right, good question. So we are here Monday through Friday from 8.30 to 4.30. Okay, so not far off banker's hours. No, no. <laughs> 8.30 to 4.30, Monday through Friday. Somebody's always um, always there to answer questions or help steer you to the, the right connection for your uh, question or item of business. Well, Nikki, this has been very educational and informative. We've thoroughly enjoyed it. I hope you have. Oh, I've had a great time, Sam. Great time. Never um, never a lack of discussion when it comes to farming, so we'll definitely have to do this again sometime. We definitely will, anytime. Good deal. Nikki, you rock. Thank you, sir. Make sure you come find me for your pork chop sandwich. My mouth is watering for some pork right now, of any kind. I'm not going to be picky as long as it's pork grown in Kentucky because that, my friends is truly where it's at. And Nikki Ellis is doing such an admirable job of uh, promoting this pork and the people who proudly produce it. If you'd like to learn more about Nikki's organization, which we know you do, it's as simple as logging on to kypork.org. Well, actually, it's even simpler because I'm going to link you to the website in my show notes. So all you got to do is go to my notes Hit the link and you can learn all about the KPPA. You can reach out to Nikki and her staff with uh, any questions you may have about it, whether they be regarding upcoming events they've got or a potential membership. They would love to get to know you and develop a rapport with you, hopefully as a potential member if you're not one already. So thanks so much to Nikki for coming on with me today. Now there are a ton of hardworking farmers all across the Commonwealth doing great things. A number of them deserve a spotlight on this show as well, talking about their in-depth experience on the farm. And I know a fair number of farmers here in Kentucky, but I don't even come close to knowing all of them. And that's where you come in. If you know a hard-working farmer, maybe you are one. No shame in uh, nominating yourself for a uh, potential feature here. Maybe you know a hard-working director as well, like Nikki. Well, let me know about him or her or any of those hims or hers via email. My address is bluegrassblabbing at gmail.com. B-L-U-E-G-R-A-S-S-B-L-A-B-B-I-N at gmail.com. And feel free to use that very same address to let me know about restaurants, state parks, musicians, educators, healthcare professionals making a difference here in the state. Bottom line, if they're connected to Kentucky, I'm more than glad to consider them for a future spotlight. Now, not only can you use my uh, email address, you're also more than welcome to contact me on the Blabbit in the Bluegrass Facebook page. Like and follow the page if you aren't already, because all of my 100-plus previous shows are right there at your fingertips. I also put out teasers on plans for future shows. I do that about once a week or so. And you can make comments, leave messages on the Facebook page there as well. Now, February 8th, that is my cousin Kevin's birthday. So an easy way for me to remember when we'll be back at you. Good Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. That is next Wednesday, the 8th. And believe me, my friend, you are the glue that keeps this show together. I could not do it without you. You are as integral to the show 
as uh, I am, and even if I didn't do it, I'm sure there are plenty of other people that would volunteer to take my place, I know, but I need you here listening, so make sure that uh, you keep me company again on February the 8th when we get together one more time. Of many more times, hopefully. But anyway, that'll be our our next powwow. And before we put this thing to sleep, we have the long-awaited answer of the Bluegrass Brain Buster. Now, we told you Nikki was heavily involved in FFA when she was a high schooler, so we have an FFA-themed question here. I asked you who was the first governor of Kentucky to receive the Honorary State FFA Degree. That would be none other than A.B. Happy Chandler, who is actually from right here where I'm at in Henderson County. He was uh, born and raised in Henderson County. A.B. Happy Chandler received this honorary degree in 1937. That was during his first term as governor. Happy Chandler actually served two gubernatorial terms. The first was between 1935 and 1939. The second was between 1955 and 1959. And of course, a number of people remember Happy Chandler from his days singing My Old Kentucky Home at Rupp Arena each year on UK Senior Day. He did that for a long, long time. But anyway, A.B. Happy Chandler was the first governor of Kentucky to receive the Honorary State FFA degree. And you can come on back next week for hopefully another Bluegrass Brain Buster. Plenty, plenty more fun. And uh, in between now and then, remember that you can listen and subscribe to Blabbit in the Bluegrass absolutely free of charge via numerous podcast directories. These include Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Verbal. Also, not long ago... We added Boomplay, we added iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and even a few more. So if we're not currently a part of your favorite podcast directory, just email me, Facebook me, let me know what that is so that we can do our best to make sure we're there ASAP. And until we get together next, all I ask is just one simple request. Keep laughing, keep smiling, and keep blabbing. There's nothing here to hide Cause we're saying it with pride Just a blabbing blabbing in the bluegrass With knowledge of the state You're sure to appreciate Yes, we're blabbing blabbing in the bluegrass Where musicians furnish talent And great whiskey cools your palate Just a blabbing blabbing in the bluegrass With a fit for every taste, precious time is not to waste.